everybody. Welcome to episode 75 of the NFB podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFB podcast is brought to you by Riverside Dodge, the official truck sponsor and dealership of the show, as well as Hooked Up Enterprises as the official in arena gear of the NFB podcast. And of course, Wrangler, the official clothing sponsor of the show, Wrangler, along live the Cowboys. What's up? everybody how we doing lots to chat about today a lot of action from the boys here the last couple of weeks we're actually hitting this one on time too so hats off to us all getting together and making this happen great interview for you today that everybody's been talking about and wanting to hear from this guy chase outlaw but before we get to all that we'll introduce the boys jason davidson's back what's up dude number 75 huh 75 you got a number you five. know what you know who's got the jersey 75 uh-uh kind of fitting ryan reeves <laughs> there we go perfect for this pod tough as chase a, chase outlaw and ryan reeves in a room together that'd be interesting yeah uh, just working dude working uh busy real busy and working so no complaints you've been doing all the uh the team stuff got that lined out look like a good finals we'll get into all that stuff you got hockey on the go today i've seen they got every team playing today on yeah. this tuesday we're recording yeah i got four to try and skim through tonight the vegas game's on by itself late tonight but it, it doesn't start till 9 15 i think so if it goes into ot i have i almost have to set my alarm for seven minutes so i can get up and see who won the game Let's see when it's done nice. yeah what about uh edmonton everything's coming together for that saskatoon before that we got everything rolling in the pbr canada side of things Yes, good stuff. Uh, Saskatoon ticket sales are just awesome. Uh, Saturday night, we're tracking like 40% ahead right now. Um, got a great lineup. Um, all of our Canadian guys, with the exception of Butter, he's still out. Nick should be back. He's hoping. He's at an appointment today. PBR Canada champion Nick Tetz. Dalen Swearingen, last time he was in that building, 20, 2019, rode Pound Sand. Took home the bonus of fifty thousand. That's where our finals was back then. Mm-hmm. Ten events that year, Dalen won one hundred and nine thousand bucks. Winners win. Winners win. I so he's coming it's... back. And uh, John Crimber, beauty. Yeah, John Crimber. So yeah, three D, three D. Have an exciting announcement after the weekend. I'm hoping we'll just stay tuned for that. And what else we got? Callum Miller needing to make a move. I think he's drawn up nicely on Hannah Motors, Winston Bruce of the Scory Firm. Look to see big things out of him. Coy Robbins, Blackjack of the Scory Firm. Bullshit fit him well. Yeah. yeah. Biggest yeah. out. Yeah. Aaron know. Roy has Warboy of the X6 Firm. Yeah. Tomorrow, on Saturday good. night. Uh, that'll be interesting. PBR finalist Gage Gay is in the mix. Good. Cody Coverchuk, Red October of the Nansen Vold firm. There's a guy that'll be looking to make a move. Um, I don't know that one. That was, must be a new one in Nansen's. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're gonna roll into uh, we're gonna roll into Yorkton. Well, you're going to the Canadian Finals Rodeo, you loser. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting because there's there's a lot of points. Tier two event there. Uh, it's gonna be a four header, obviously. So yeah. It's only t- well three events left with Calgary Friday night, so it's there's lots of chatter about a hundred thousand dollars in Edmonton. Like, nice. yeah, guys changing their game plans for next year. Already got some commitments, I think, to 
sit down and talk about PBR teams yeah. and see if that'll complement their uh, career or their season better than, you know, chasing the yellow shoots at the NFR. Cause that's a grind, you know, especially for a family man. Yeah. So yeah, lots of good stuff going on here. What about John Crimber? What's uh, what does John Crimber have in the mix or his first time to Canada? He is going to be getting on the Bobby Stevens bull. Stay alert. There you go. That's a big stout buck and black. That's yeah. That's that's a buck and bull. That's how yeah. he likes him. Yeah, big and bad. That's what he said. Yeah. Is it good? I don't want them little ones. I want them ones that I feel like I got my legs wrapped around something. Oh, hey, come to Canada so, then. <laughs> yeah, he'll be. Yeah. You got it. He'll get along just fine. Yeah. Um, that's a bull that Silvano rode at Edmonton last year. Yeah, but got him on a slap. Got right? on a slap. Yeah, but would have yeah. been ninety for sure. Yeah, that's a bucket. And I don't think I. You know what? The only time I maybe saw that bull this year, Ash and Sully got on him, and Brandon, I think that bull bucked. I got a twenty-two rode down on my. That's what Best. I marked him. I seen him in. Uh, he was at PA. He was at my house. Um, kid didn't last very long on him, but yeah, he's the last just, just the last time we were there. Yeah, yeah, just recently. He's just uh yeah, he's big, oh, strong around we the right there once moving ahead and, and yeah. bucks, but that'll be good. That'll test uh Johnny. Uh yeah. looks like he did fairly well in the old challenger finals as well. Took the, yeah. took the round one around right? and fourth in the average. And hats off to our Canadian Jordan Hansen, who won the round. Right? Oh, one, second. Sorry. Second. second. Right? Yeah, yeah there's only one header second. in the short. That's all it was. Uh, I think, yeah, I wish Jordy would have hung on that bull in the second in the championship round. I He'd like to have that one back. Get that I thought one. he was going to stay on there. Eli Vaspiner takes the win there. Pretty cool to see. And then obviously rolls into the team series where, where his new team takes the championship. But I got a question for you on how uh, our Canadian guys got down there. Was that the like they always do with the velocities, the top two in the standings get to go down there? That's why Wyatt Gleason and Jordan Hansen went down? That's right. Yeah. So yeah. like Coy and Aaron, maybe those those guys that were ahead of Wyatt would have not would have declined it. And then they just took the top two that were willing to go. That's correct. Okay. That's what I figured was going down, but I wasn't sure. I didn't know they were still doing that. It was cool to to see those guys go down there. It was pretty good. I watched it. You know what? You can. I hope everybody knows now. You can go on to uh, PBR Canada website on the more, and it's got the drop tab down. International streaming. Boom. No so shit. our American listeners will be able to check out. I don't know. We'll have to see. I don't know if Saskatoon will be able to be viewed like that or not. But uh, that's how I watched all the teams' finals in Vegas. So you can do it. Nobody all. picked the Texas Rattlers, did they? No, I picked them last year. I was just looking at that. I was looking at that. Scott Burton having some uh, te- technical difficulties right now, but uh, we'll see if he pops on here in a little bit. But as of right now, he's not. Scott had the Ridge Riders, which did pretty good. Scott had the Rattlers to be last. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Boy, well, yeah, Missouri. I had Missouri to be last, and they knocked off the the champs and the dream team, Carolina Cowboys. That was yeah, yeah no that shit. was wild. Well, I just you know what show though? how crazy those finals can be. Where sure, like and here's can... another thing though, like when you got a dream team like that, who gets the who gets the tough one? Who gets the hard one? Like how do you? It's like. When you got an all-star hockey team on a power play, there ain't enough pucks out on the ice to keep everybody happy. Yeah, that's very true. And like you say, um, Borad's a lot different than what it what it shows on paper. 
the statistics and the analytics, right? So mm-hmm. it comes mm-hmm. down to riding bulls and who's hot that day and who's matched up with what. And that just showed the Missouri Thunder doing it. taking. Out you know, when I brought this up with the podcast, and I like Chase's answer, but where did Cody Lambert find Daniel Keeping? <laughs> I did fucking good uh-huh. yeah. yeah and then just knocks one out to winner you know like so yeah. it was uh lemme got on his last bull didn't have to they couldn't win so why did he but, get on him just to prove that well he could yeah, he, still in the mvp race or no could have been but jv jrv won that so yeah. yeah he didn't have to i don't i can't answer to that but uh thought it was pretty cool that he did and, and he made a nice bull ride um but he didn't need to get on that bull. So that's pretty good watching. Texas Rattlers take the team's championship, Cody Lambert's team, which I've talked about it quite a few times on this podcast, right? Of uh, like the two coaches that you'd probably want to be under would be McBride and Lambert. I think you can quote me on those. And those were the first two coaches to win uh, championships. You know, might not everybody get along in the sense of it, or maybe not the team that a lot of guys want to go to due to the fact of, how Cody kind of tells things straight a lot of the time, but look at it. They, they make champions, right? It's shown in the regular season. I've seen it with guys that they've taken under their wings and helped out and the guys have success under their guidance. Right. So hats off to them. Proved all the haters wrong. There's a lot of hate on the, on the internet going back and forth, but which is kind of cool about this team stuff. Cause it gets people going a little bit and gets people talking. I don't even watch it. It's I pretty good. Watch. Watch. Yeah, yeah. get shit going on there. Yeah. So, but no, I think it's pretty cool. So, hats off to the Rattlers. And like you say, too, like Joao, obviously, you know, they're standout, but you got guys like Daniel Keeping. Um, you got Brady Olson. You got Cody Jesus. Was it Randolph? Brady Randolph? Brady that kid, Randolph. That kid fucking rides them all, too. Right. Like they, they were, they had a just a, I've got to talk with their general manager tomorrow. Like, you know, they got to protect guys for this expansion draft. Like, who do you, like, you know, I think they got their one, two figured out, but then you keep going down that list. Like, Hey, Zeus knocks one out on Sunday, you know, when they needed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady Olson made a big ride. I believe it was Friday, Friday night. Like they just got a bunch of guys that come to work, you know, yeah, just a blue collar win right there. Just the way Cody Lambert would do it, you know, really yeah, it's kind of. And JRV, though, like, they just kept running them left spinners under him, and he just kicks them. <laughs> he made nice bull, bull rides every night. So it'll be interesting to see if he's going to have had a conversation with them, um, if he's going to keep going. Yeah, right. See where he's at. Yeah. What's JRV? He's going to be 39 next year? 39, right? yeah. And wins yeah. the MVP and wins how much fucking money would he have won this year? Oh, I think he's in teams. Yeah, I bet you. I bet you um, with his bonus and everything, I bet you'd be well over four fifty, yeah. close to half a million bucks in, in eleven weeks. Bit tough to walk away from that. Yeah, you he know. gets the same contract. It would be for sure. Well, you never like. I mean, if he's feeling it, he'll probably keep going. Them guys are known to go a long time. Yeah. But even with this team stuff, you can win that much money just in the team series would be a good way to save up and not you know not go the regular season and right save it for teams which i could see some of these guys doing and that's like the prime example of it so we'll see if that's what he gets done but is dalton castle was he hurt through the team stuff i've seen he rode one and then i seen someone on the internet maybe it said that there was an injury in place did you see that i was texting with dalton today he never said anything about an injury so okay. i cannot answer that 
Okay. I don't uh, have many of the answers on the team stuff because I failed to get to watch any of it because I was a little busy this weekend, Jason. Oh, yeah. You're looking after the old man. Yeah. We went to the Hall of Fame inductee ceremony for the original Wrangler Bullfighters in Fort Worth, Texas. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Joining us after his technical difficulty mayhem mess is the one and only Scotty Bird. (laughs) Scott's here. What's up, buddy? Well, not too much. I'm experiencing the first uh, winter snowfall here in Show Me Your Regina, Saskatchewan. Um, um, Yeah, it's a mess down here, so just going to make the long trek home tonight but been selling clothes all day working and getting ready to go back to saskatoon this weekend i was in uh, saskatoon last weekend at the cca finals Braden fighting his first cca finals so yeah but on the road but it's been good and exciting how'd it go how was the finals good you know it was funny he's after the first performance he was like a little nervous out there and i'm like well to be expected right your first finals and all that jazz but uh yeah, we had fun. It was good, and we had to make an overnight trip to Olds, Alberta, back to his college so he could uh, try and rope a steer, which he missed. So we basically went there for two hours and drove back for the night fur for the CSA final. So made a lot of miles, but had a lot of fun. Fucking road hammer. There you go. Great. Yeah. Yeah, did he was you, pissed, too. Did you, uh, did you present the buckle to the junior bull riding champ? I did to Mr. Uh, Jet Lockie, a uh, uh, Delarine kind of Manitoba boy there. And he was sure pumped that it came from, of course, the NFP uh, Entertainment Group, uh, NFP podcast. He, You know, those young kids, they get a kick out of that. So, oh, yeah, um, yeah it, it was good. We had a lot of fun. Good. Good kid, too. Good kid to wear it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he went yeah. four for four, obviously, and he's got a bright future ahead of him, so. Um, yeah, couldn't have went to a, to a better kid. Perfect. Hey, uh, was there some, uh, was there some drama? I've been hearing there was some drama behind the scenes. Yeah, there was a boxing match, um, in the back. Yeah, amateur apparently. hour here. Amateur <laughs> yeah. hour coming up. Were yeah, you there, Jason? Week. You know this? I, well, Scott was at my house all weekend, so I, yeah. I, I haven't heard the, nothing. What the fuck? What's going I on? I got the gist of it, but I didn't go. No, I was watching teams. Yeah. I, you know what, um, I think there was a little tussle back there and there might've been some, uh, certain sticks being swung and some fists being swung. And, uh, one guy went for a trip to the hospital and yeah, it was fucking no shit. Love shit going down. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I understand it was quite a tussle, so I didn't see it happen. I just caught the wrath of it the next morning, not the wrath. I shouldn't say that I caught the wind of it i guess the next morning but yeah it was quite an ordeal so never a dull moment around a rodeo i guess damn i like it scott you're now that you're back your team that you picked for last place ended up winning the whole team series the texas rattlers i know i know right (laughs) i know know, i did that last year though i had nashville last and they ended up well i really thought i was in the money because missouri carolina and nashville had a playoff the first night to see who advanced and i'm just like well shit this should be a layup for carolina 
<clears throat> Nashville, you never know. Excuse me, but yeah, Missouri. Whew. I I just find I just find that um you know it's the cliche it's anybody's game we use that in every sport, but I seem to find in this teams thing it really is anybody's game I yeah. think due to bull power and injury and more so um that like well it's two years in a row that we've picked the last place guy you know ends up winning it or team wins it but do you find that Jason like you really can't look into it more than no. a game ahead yeah, really it is well Nashville shit the bed all season basically come in an eighth seed and we won it all last year so yeah but it was good I anybody who says they can't get behind the teams thing you know what they're just setting their way go watch a team open then that's yeah. what I got to say to him because I think it's exciting, really exciting. Yeah, they said there was. Yeah, it was pretty good. Other than they don't mic up Brinson. Did you see this? I guess he doesn't have a mic on. They got to put a mic on the fucking guy. Come on. Jesus. No, that's all right. Well, we'll take him back. No, yeah. no <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll have him. Let him come back to Canada. Well, he's coming. He's coming to Canada over two of the UTB events. He's coming to Red Deer and Lethbridge. Yeah, I heard a lot he of guys them. talking about it on the on the internet on some of those groups and it was like not the same experience. And then there was a lot of comments that it was cause Brinson, the entertainer of the PBR wasn't Mike. So it's not like your normal experience, which they're trying to do different stuff. I understand that, but I think Brinson, like he, he'll sell the show, right? They might just not have enough trust in him yet. Well, well, he's, he said in medicine hat, we were chatting there at the, at our last cup event there. He said that, you know, he's just a hype guy. He, they don't, the heat isn't, he's limited very limited to what he's allowed to do so yeah. he was you know of course he was that's not his gig he likes to be out there and giving her so brad oh, yeah, has got roll. more mic time than prince yes does. that's right really? that's well, yeah. yeah let the boy roll he'll sell it promise you that uh the one thing i would say with the team stuff we picked we should pick the regular season and then go into the finals because yeah that's the only thing I don't like about it. I think that now that they're getting expansion teams, there's going to be more teams where they'll be able to do that. Where if you're last in the league, you shouldn't even make the fucking playoffs, you know? Well, okay, so here's in what's coming. Sense. And it's here's one weekend, coming. so it really here's... is anybody's game, but it's fucking not. It's yeah. like it shouldn't, that doesn't mean nothing. Oh, I got mute on. Or no, I don't. Here, Here's what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got Our two mute. new teams, two new teams, and I think only eight make the playoffs. So yeah. there will be some teams staying at home. Yeah, there you go. Which would suck. Mm-hmm. That would suck. You don't get to go to Las Vegas for the UTB finals now. And if you're on a shitty team, you don't get to go to Vegas for the team's final. I mean, that's like like any other sport. If you're last in the league, you're not going to the playoffs. You know, you miss the postseason. And that's what makes these teams really step up and fucking do big things is to get their teams to the playoffs. Cause that's where the money's at, right? And that's the guys yeah. want to play in the playoffs. So. Rumors. It makes sense. There's no consequences for not having a shitty fucking all season. In my I opinion. agree. Rumor has it that Miami might be the new uh, home team on one of the franchise coming wouldn't, in. Wouldn't and be too shabby. Brooklyn, New York. I hear. Oh shit! Yeah. Coached by uh, what's his Bobby name? Bobby Delvecchio. <laughs> yeah, Bobby D. <laughs> Bobby that... Delvecchio. You got to get the silk shirt though, man. Fuck, I get yeah. the silk with the white pin, pinstripe. Yeah, New York and Dalen be the assistant coach. New Yorkers. <laughs> well, yeah, they they be going after him. 
Uh, yeah, so that puts a wrap on the team series. And yeah, like you say, Jason, it's it's fun to get behind. I think the guys are getting into it. And with more teams coming in, more money coming in, uh, we'll see where it goes from there, see what the regular season has in line. And now we look forward to the transition back to the UTB series, which starts in two weeks from now. Remembrance Day weekend in Canada, November 10th and 11th. So no rest for the wicked. See who's healthy enough to go and see who actually gets to go to those, right? With the with the different format now of, I think they take some guys from the teams and guys from the Challenger series and yeah, guys it's... from last year, so we'll see who uh, who really gets rolling on tour. We'll keep everybody updated. But with that, boys, before we get into the Fort Worth, Texas uh, excursion of myself and Bo Byrne and Ryan Byrne, uh, quick ad read: Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, is home of the award-winning Ram truck. They are the brand you trust to haul a trailer load of rank bulls along with your crew up front in the cab. Whether you want to go check fences or tailgate outside the next PBR event, the boys at Riverside Dodge have the right truck for you. Riverside Dodge is not only the dealer of choice in northern Saskatchewan, but also sells and services all across western Canada. Go see Ty and the gang at Riverside Dodge for a fair, no-bullshit deal on your next truck and tell them Tanner, Jason, or Scott sent you. Riverside Dodge and Prince Albert is the official truck dealership and sponsor of the NFB podcast. All righty. Guys, this is going to go on the full pro segment too, but we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, Fort Worth, Texas, the original Wrangler Bullfights Hall of Fame. We talked about this, Ryan Byrne getting inducted. Um, we went down there really not knowing what we were getting into. Pretty fucking cool, guys. Pretty fucking cool. You guys would have had a had a good time. <laughs> I, I know would have for sure. I would have. It's just getting away. I didn't even go to Vegas, man. Speaking of going to Vegas, I, I just refunded my flight. Ended up watching it on my computer. It was fine, and uh, I still got the notifications from my flight, so everything was good on the way down. I would have missed my connection like I did a year ago in Calgary on the way home. It was delayed like five hours and I only had two hours in Calgary. So I would have had to either get a room or do what I did last year, rent a car and drive home through the night. Yeah. The flying's terrible right now. My mother and father-in-law are stuck in Vegas. They might've been on that same one you were supposed to be on. They were supposed to be home yesterday and they're still stuck there right now. In Vegas? Yeah. Cause they missed the connection. They were going to miss their connector, so they decided to stay in Vegas instead <clears> of going to Calgary. And then yeah. now, I think today again, they got all fucked up and missed it again or something. They're still there, which is not a bad place to be, I guess. But Yeah. Yeah. I, I Going back to um, the induction, I, I talked to your dad Monday morning um, before I left Jason's, and, and he was on cloud nine. He said it was way better than he ever expected. So he had a blast and was just so he was he said it was so good to see all those old friends again and um just hang out and you know just have some fun and he said it was run top notch and it was great so that was exciting to hear the excitement in his voice for sure yeah he had a fucking he had a really good time it was kind of cool for me too like you know we talk about him on here um and how he helped all of us and whatnot but i've never got to see him around those guys and they're like you know the dogs of that time right well that would have been who your dad was looking up to well yeah skipper and yeah well skipper was there dude i know i heard all night yeah (laughs) yeah and uh i wish we could just get places easier you know 
go in for one night even that would have been worth it for sure yeah oh, yep. it would have been but you know and him just like mingling with smurf and miles and they were just they was like yesterday that they were in the arena you know at different places it was like yeah you remember and fort smith and you know they it was just like bang they were all right back to where they were and they haven't seen each other he hasn't seen those guys in like 30 years i asked him last mm-hmm. time he's seen smurf he says oh 87 when we, when we left the nfr I'm like holy fuck dude because they don't have facebook all that sort of stuff yeah right? so yeah we went to the they had a golf tournament to kick it off the first day and we walk in and smurf's down there and i've never seen him in my life just on the you know with his makeup on and stuff and some pictures of him on facebook and I was like, damn, and not for me, right? Those are, I grew up just like you guys saying, watching those tapes, right? So it was like, that's a living legend, right? Fucking there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You ever hear the story about, uh, he rode Bronx too, eh? He had a clown act yes. where he got on a paint horse. Saddle it was like a his... miniature, wasn't it though? It's like he a was kind of shorter. Yeah. yeah, smaller horse. And yeah, he'd get in and rake that horse in the neck and that was part of this act yeah. right jump on with his clown pants on and shit yeah so anyway i guess scruffy doug bold was at this same rodeo somewhere and uh this act is going on and smurf was coming back to shoots and scruffy give him a push out of the way says i got this <laughs> jumped on and scruffy <laughs> with no spurs or nothing went for a little bronc ride that made a hell of a bronc ride too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a picture of Smurf with, on that Bronx somewhere, though. I've seen it, and he's like, he looks like a Bronx rider. Like, yeah. he looks like he knows what he's doing. Fuck yeah. He he's was a hand, hand. dude. A he was hand. A hand. I know he's even shorter than I thought he was because there's a picture of him standing beside your dad, and like, yeah, yeah. he's not real tall. So, you know, no, he'd be smaller than Jesse for sure. Yeah. God, yeah. Yeah. But what a dude. fucking stud, dude. Those guys are just different level it's probably me fanboying but you know have you guys ever met chuck kinney no i haven't no i never met him before and once again another absolute cool cat legend just yeah it was cool man those guys their stories and just the way they held themselves and you could tell in those rooms right there like they were the dogs in the day and they're still the dogs to this day you know benny butler's there getting an award it was just the who's who of uh, of everybody that's there, right? Skipper Voss, Rick Young, Wacy Cathy came out. Legends of the game. And, yeah, we did a golf tournament the first day. Ended up getting teamed up with uh, Cody Custer. So that was uh, that was a lot of oh, fun. Yeah. And then everybody just headed right to the, I think it's called Little Reds, Little Reds Saloon. And it's just like the, it's the bullfighting bar. And they have all the shit on the walls. And, yeah, Skipper Voss is there, Miles Hare. Um, Vanny Halliday. You guys ever met Vanny Halliday? Holy shit! Worked for uh, worked for uh, Harry Vold for years, and then for Bad Company. Mac Altizer's there, obviously the the legend of uh of Bad Company. <laughs> there was a lot of good stories. I know we're talking to Chase about. We'll get to it in the interview, but of how times have changed and how you really got to watch everything you do and whatever else. It was uh pretty wild to hear the stories of those guys they mostly all said that hey congratulations i uh, didn't think we'd last this long right that they're all still kicking and alive to yeah to make it to go to the into the <laughs> hall of fame and you know them it was always they were more excited to get inducted with each other and get to see and, and hang out and yeah some epic ones casey dugan's there you know works for uh wcr yeah. now he's worked for pbr yeah. and uh originally was with bad company as well so 
I ended up getting a bad company sticker out of the deal in the bathroom, and I do have no idea where that came from. I lost uh, I lost memory there for a little point of the night on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> I went outside with Smurf and uh, Miles, and that was uh, the last of my recollection for a while till the next day. <laughs> Enough said. Enough said. Yeah, yeah. No, it's freaking cool. And then, yeah, next day, uh, you know, just kind of hung out and cruised around the stockyards, which have you guys been there? Yeah, no, on the stockyards. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, Joe T. Garcia's we went there the first night, and if you know that place, you know. And uh, yeah, I've kind of forgot how it's like uh, Nashville type of thing, right? It's just bars and uh, everybody freaking having a good time all throughout the day and old school cowboy through and through. So yeah, we hung out for the day, and then yeah, had the had the ceremony that night, and they did a really great job with the uh ceremony and and the induction and everybody did their speeches and charlie too tall west is there and yeah it was just kind of cool to hear uh hear them guys stories and i think they did a good job and i think it's key for a lot of you know all of us to have that kind of that hall of fame type of thing and and give those guys the the recognition that they deserve i feel like the zane lambert award the lifetime achievement thing jason's gonna be cool it'll keep the canadian guys coming back you know, it's, it's, as you know, Scott and Jason, right. When you're out of the sport for a while and you guys have stayed in it, but guys like Chuck Kinney left fighting bulls and went and Scott to, taught school in Louisiana for 29 years. Wow. You know? Yeah. Who'd have thought, right? Yeah. Right. So I guarantee you after, you know, 15 or 20 years, whatever it might be, the kids and himself and everybody, right. You, you forget the legacy of it all. Right. So it takes an event like this and, guys behind it james pierce and that whole crew to bring everybody back together and bring those memories flowing again and and get that rolling so i think it was really cool for my dad too right to to get back in the game and and uh get that get that recognition again i was i was pretty proud bo was having fun so a lot of fun yeah and then right straight back to the little red saloon after that and you can imagine went pretty fun but uh yeah they're getting they're getting up there the guys so you gotta do it while they're while they're still rolling a lot of them in the picture Rick Chapman and uh, Jimmy Anderson, a lot of the crew that's part of that crew is, isn't around anymore. So it's good that they're doing these this recognition while they're doing it. So hats off to them, man. Hats off. A lot of fun. And then we uh, came back and had a seven-hour layover in Toronto. And then same thing, boys. I had to sit on the plane for about five hours and fucking flying right now. Terrible, terrible. You guys sat on the tarmac for a while? Yeah, two hours. On the tarmac? Night. Yeah. Yeah, there was something wrong with the plane once everybody was boarded up, and then they had to get maintenance to come in and clear us. And then we were another three, four hours in the air. We didn't get back to Saskatoon until like two thirty in the morning. WestJet or Air Canada? Air Canada. Yeah, Air Canada. Huh. But we had a seven-hour layover before that in Toronto, so it was quite the day. <laughs> yeah, no shit. And really, on the way home, it's not near as fun because you don't really feel the yeah. need to sit in a lounge. Yeah, you, oh. you fucking feel like shit, right? So, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. And then if you lounge it again, then you're gonna feel like shit the next day. So yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. You can't win coming home. Yeah, yeah. You just uh, you bite the bullet. Did you guys ever meet uh, Jerry Wayne Olson? Uh, the oh yeah, Barrel Man. I did. I did somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, is that guy sweet? Holy yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. You know, it was it was just freaking nostalgic for me, man. Like I had a freaking blast, and those guys were everything that you would hope that they would be, and then more. You know, and our kind of guys, just 
have fun and not take shit too seriously and fucking give her, <laughs> you know, everybody had a fun time. Sounds like they did that their whole lives. Um, but yeah, we should get some of those guys on the pod. So hopefully we can get into some good old bad company stories and um, a bunch of, bunch of cool stuff like that. Miles hair. I need to get him on hundred percent. Holy shit. Yeah. Cocky. <laughs> yeah, yeah we had a lot of fun we'll leave it at that <laughs> we previewed saskatoon which is great we're gonna do the tie pause memorial legacy tie pause on legacy pbr i fly there friday doing that it's gonna be cool it sounds like leanna luke and a lot of friends and family from married are coming in and uh yeah we'll do that bull ride and do it upright and then fly back to saskatoon for the canada cup series events that are looking to be great we talked about the draw there john kim Krimber coming up looking like a lot of fun and then we'll roll right into cfr you guys will be yorkton scott you doing yorkton too yep yeah i'm headed up there yeah i'm the brinson i'm the brinson james of yorkton for two days are you going full what are you gonna do entertain are you gonna go clown what are you thinking um, I haven't really been told what's expected of me quite yet. I'm just going to be set up for both. So I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, I, it honestly, it's been rather busy lately. I haven't had a chance to really, I work better under pressure, I think. So I'm just going to leave it till the day before, figure it out. Just going to wing it. Oh, yeah. so Cody Custer been on this pod before. Um, he's golfing with us and, uh, we have our NFP hats on me and dad and, uh, Bo. And uh, he was talking <laughs> with his group, and they were asking what NFP is. And Cody's like, uh, "What? Yeah, what is it again?" He's been on the pod, obviously. He's like Northern fucked up podcasters or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Fuck yeah, that's the new." That one. is a good yeah. handle. Yeah, Northern <laughs> fucked up podcasters. Uh, that was pretty solid. Oh god, he's not far off. No, he's pretty good. Uh, one other cool thing, I guess, would be the Kid Rock Rodeo. Jason, do you have any information on this that we should uh, talk about? No, not really. Looks no. like Kid Rock's putting on a rodeo to kick off the PBR World Finals in May this year, which would probably be pretty entertaining. So well, check that out. Where's the World Finals going to be? AT&T. Yeah, going to Dickies. No, it's going to AT&T for no, both but... weekends now, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Is it? Well, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was... The second weekend is still normal like it was. The first yeah. weekend that was supposed to be at Dickies is now yeah. also at AT&T, but it's two and nights. With Kid Rock. And two nights of PBR, and the first night is with Kid Rock, and it's a rodeo. But it's like sounds like the old all-star rodeos where they're having coaches and they're having teams, and it's a team concept rodeo with a Kid Rock concert during it. Kid Rock's Rock and Rodeo is what I read into it on. So we shall see. Moral we of shall. it. I do enjoy that Kid Rock is a part of uh, PBR, PBR. And, RDL and the Western Lifestyle. Fucking right. That is pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm in on that, too. Holy that Ricky in the Red Streaks. Pro. Yeah, you should. Have you guys seen Ricky in the Red Streaks before? No, heard lots about him, though. Why, were <laughs> they playing down there in Fort Worth? Yeah, man. Yeah, they were, They played the that bar, Low Red Saloon, every night. I didn't know what the hell. They used to go to Vegas all the time. Yeah, they're like he goes in drag at some point straight in the show. It's wild. Really? What? Yeah, yeah. he's gotta be like an 80-year-old man. Like, yeah. But he's a friend of rodeo. What? Mike Mike Bandy was up singing. Mike yeah, Bandy yeah. was fucking singing Born to Be Wild. 
it was the most epic situation that you'd probably see. What time did you guys shut her down each evening? Oh, I don't know. I don't think we did. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mike uh, Bandy singing Get You Motor Running, Get Out on the Highway, and goddamn Mac Altizer, Smurf, Miles Hare, and the whole Bad Company crew because they all came to see Smurf. The Bad Company crew from the 80s and 90s, front row, rocking and rolling with Skipper Voss beside you, John Novotny, the whole freaking bullfighting era of the 80s and 90s, and me and Bo. Loving every minute of it. So yeah. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Yeah. Loving every I missed a good one. Missed a good one. Yeah. It was pure gold. So we'll uh we'll do it again. We should all go down at some point again because they all the alumni keep coming. But uh with that, let's go to our segment. Scott, do you have an amateur hour for us? I don't know. I think we probably covered it at the CCA finals with the sideline boxing matches in the back. I <laughs> uh, love it. Um, what amateur hour from flying that I'll, I have to touch on is the fucking people on airplanes. I forgot how bad that is. Jason, you've been flying a bunch. I've been flying a whole bunch in the last couple of uh of uh months but it just brings it right back to you every time you get on a plane and the people behind you that are trying to fucking get off earlier mm-hmm. and all oh. of those aspects just like brings out the worst in people is flying on airplanes i think holy yeah. fuck is that amateur hour people forget all their manners just turn into total assholes hate their lives and then say the dumbest shit act like the dumbest fucking people and if you try to fucking walk in front of somebody sitting in front of you and you try to cut them off to get off the plane before them sit the fuck down to go the fuck home that is the biggest yeah. fucking ignorant thing you can do right oh i hate that so that's that one was going to amateur full pro jason complete cody lambert winning it all that's full pro there you with go. daniel keeping yeah walk off. nobody knew who daniel keeping was a year and a half ago now he's a freaking household name love it there you go then the Brady, bunch. <laughs> the Brady Bunch. And the Brady Bunch. Full pro goes to the Cody Lavert coaching. There you go. That's a good full yeah, pro. Well, you know what? We haven't. Cleet usually gets mentioned on every pod we have some way, somehow. So I guess we're giving him a shout out. Speaking of Chuck Kinney, he was telling me that he uh, he talks to Cody quite often, back and forth. And then I brought up the story of when Lane Frost passed away in Cheyenne. Chuck was telling me when we were sitting there that... Uh, he drove Lane to Cheyenne that day. He was in the bullfight somewhere, and uh, Lane was by himself and told him to jump in, and he, he said he won the bullfight that day, had some money in his pocket. So he said, yeah, shit, jumped in with him. They drove there, and then he didn't stay for the rodeo. He just dropped Lane off, and then he went home and then got a call the next day of uh, from, he said, from David Forney, I think, that told him oh, that really? Lane, Lane had passed. Yeah, fuck, eh? Um, Another full pro that we got to give we've been talking about it i've been talking about it on this pod but i'll give it to james pierce um john novotny and the whole crew with that wrangler bullfight board there's a board of them that's all together and they they do their their picks and all that sort of stuff so i don't know i don't know who's all on the board but i'll give them a full pro uh full pro shout out this week for putting all that together and stepping up to the plate and and uh 
making that a good time for everybody. So hats off to the original Wrangler Bullfights Hall of Fame and reunion. Sunday Scaries sitting on the fucking tarmac in Toronto after <laughs> three days of fun in Fort Worth and thinking that they were going to cancel that flight and still be stuck in Toronto on the Monday. So that one, uh, that's a full Sunday Scaries for me. Do you guys have any Sunday Scaries this weekend? No, I was no, pretty. I've, I've been was... sober October, man. Oh, there you go. That's yeah, bad. I didn't. I I surely didn't participate in the CCA finals like I used to. So um, I thought for sure you would have been. No, I didn't. No, I was pretty laid back. You know, responsible. I'm an adult now. How's your Sunday scaries right now? Knowing that you're gonna have to drive home through this storm. Well, I'm sitting in Regina here, looking at the parking lot. And I may as well rip out my fucking Titan TPM here, signed by 99 Wayne Gretzky, and <laughs> practice fucking up for the next uh, workout with the Hornets here. Because fuck, is it icy? Wow, <laughs> not looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a good Sunday scary Monday Tuesday scaries. Tuesday scary, yeah. Trying to get home from selling clothes. <laughs> no yeah, alcohol yeah. involved. <laughs> no, no. Um, so yeah, we'll get to the interview with Chase Sala. This is a pretty fun one. We recorded earlier today. I think it's fair to say it's probably what everybody would expect from the interview with Chase Outlaw. What do you guys say of the interview? Mm. Yeah, Chase never never uh disappoints you. You you never know what's gonna come out of his mouth and he has a unique way of putting stuff and it's always kind of brings a giggle. So yeah, it was it was fun to hear him chat again and tell some stories he was uh and i think the other side of it too is people find like his the heartfeltness that he has right everybody sees his interviews and thinks that he's just this intense crazy guy right which he is but he's got a big ass heart you know and uh he bleeds it all the time and cares about people so i hope everybody gets that from the interview too he's a stand-up fella means means well all the time i got cleat on the wire i, I got him on the line I got yeah. the yeah. I'm just baiting them in here. That'd be cool. One more plug is the Ty Pazabon Foundation banquet. We're kicking that off. We've talked about it on here before, but there's still some tables available. And I wanted to make it clear to everybody. You know, it's the kickoff to the PBR Canada Finals. All the riders do the presentations, all the year end presentations, and all that sort of stuff. Nice steak supper, uh, live auction, silent auction, a bunch of cool stuff. Scott, you're hosting it with Alicia Erickson this year. Yep um we got it's always a good time that anybody who hasn't been out it's something to to be a part of for sure and and like i say it's open to the public so people want to come that are around there local whatever you might be get a group together get you a table and uh and come on out we're uh we got a bigger venue this year so we got room for some more tables and some more people so get at me or uh anybody within the foundation to uh to get signed up to to come out to that and it's a great cause to to support so plug for the banquet with that, guys, uh, we'll throw it to our interview. But before we do, this interview is brought to you by Fitting for this podcast. Get hooked up for the biggest moments under the brightest lights in the biggest situations. Get hooked up. Hooked Up Enterprises is a creative partner for Western sports and beyond, providing customized arena wear for some of Rodeo's most elite athletes and state-of-the-art arena wrap display products for some of Western sports' most prestigious events. They're the official in-arena gear of the NFB podcast. Find out more at www.get-hookedup.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Stand up, stand out, 
and stay hooked. And with that, here is the long-awaited interview of the NFP podcast with Chase Outlaw. Go ahead and just book the eight seconds. He has come back with a vengeance. I think he's riding better right now than he ever has. Outlaw's looking to win. He's not looking to write a comeback story. He's not looking to prove that he's fearless or that he's courageous. He's here to win. You want to become a fan of bull riding? Just watch the Chase Outlaw highlight reel. Maybe I needed that injury to, you know, push me over that ledge to, you know, to see how really strong you really are and to see what your full potential is. We're going to have a new world number one. To say he has been on a tear since his return from injury last year is a dramatic understatement. People with goals are successful because they always know where they're going. And uh, that's him. What an inspiration this guy is. Having that accident made me reevaluate a lot of things. Really? And just realize how lucky I, I was to have this talent that I got and okay. not to take it for granted. The good Lord could have tested me and said, okay, we're going to see if this is really what you want. It tested me, and this is, I mean, this is what I want. I mean, to be a world champion. Outlaw does all the work, and Ty, it's worth 87 points. You know, as we talked last night, I, I just I have a lot of respect for this guy and the way he approaches this game. I think he's, I think he's as tough of a warrior as, as this sport has seen in a, in a long time. And I think he brings the, the part that matters the most in, in this sport to the table every, every single time. And that's just having, trying from the bottom of his guts and, and, and guaranteeing every time that he goes out there that he's going to be tougher than everyone else. Our guest today hails from Hamburg, Arkansas, with nine trips to the PBR World Finals, 17 Premier Series event wins, over 40 90-point rides. He's one of the true elite of our sport, standing at five foot six with a never-quit, never-say-die attitude like no other in reality. It's the fucking CEO. It's the outlaw, Chase Outlaw. How are we doing, brother? Man, I'm doing good. You like that intro? Yeah, sorry, my Pretty good intro. Pretty good intro. I'm uh, um, I'm better than I was yesterday, but not as good as I'm going to be tomorrow. So, <laughs> every day. Oh, that's good, buddy. This is long overdue. We've had uh, a lot of requests to have you on the pod over the last couple of years, and uh, you're the not the easiest guy to track down to set up a time with. So we're going to take full advantage <laughs> of this one here right now. Get it you're out. Not the easiest guy. <laughs> uh so what's yeah. going on man what are you doing where do we uh where do we catch you at talking right now driving down eastbound on i-20 headed back from dallas texas from seeing the doctor and getting the stitches out of my leg so fill us in you're uh you're out again another broken bone uh after a long time out come back short period back with the nashville stampede Bust your leg and bust it pretty bad. Tell us the story. What's going on with your leg? Um, yep. Just short turn back. I'm breaking my arm. In June, came back this shoot, maybe a month and a half, and riding better, riding just as good as I have my entire life. Um, bad gun bull hit the fence at Fort Worth. When he hit the fence, bounced me off, bounced off that fence and just went me over the side. And I came down, and when I landed on my back, bull just made 
another round and stomped me square on top of my leg and yep, snapped my leg. Uh, broke it and stuck the bone out of the side of my leg. As soon as it happened, I mean, I heard it. I heard it break. I heard it snap. I knew something was not right right, right away. And it uh, felt like somebody pulled board, pulling water in my boot that, uh, where my blood was uh, come out. And, uh, yeah, right away. I, I ain't never uh, – if you watching – you probably heard me bellering out like a daggum lost calf out there. Oh, yeah? <laughs> uh, Are you screaming out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> said, yeah. He's hurt right there. He said, I said, said he's bellering out like a calf. <laughs> yeah, that ain't never happened before. That was probably, of all my injuries, that one's probably let out the most pain. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So how long, how, when when do you think you get to get back on one? Tandy said six months. Six I months? Said, yes, sir. I, I put a rod in my leg, and uh, Tandy said that that bone takes a long time to heal. Especially when you shove it through the fucking skin. You know, that's six months for the normal person, I guess. <laughs> well it's not the first uh, time you've had to deal with it so i'm sure you could get through that one if you got through all the rest of them yeah when you're back home like right now in arkansas normally you're obviously staying busy like you know you're one of those guys that's definitely living off the land and and taking care of your family just with your with your two hands and what you can do around the house so uh, when you're not laid up at home, what's your everyday normal life like? Say today when you got home, what would you be getting up to back at home in Arkansas for our Canadian viewers? Well, when I get back home today, um, I'll probably get propped up on the couch since my legs broke. But um, my wife, Nicole, she'll go feed everything and um, uh, go yeah, to the end of that. But normally, if I didn't have my leg broke, I would... Um, Make sure all the animals are fed and find something to tinker on. I mean, I'm always, always busy, whether it's clearing some land I got or just, you know, here a bit, here and there. I got a bulldozer and I just tinker around, you know, clear a bit here and there. You know, not, uh, you know long, strenuous, just uh, tinkering around and uh, making out a few different projects here and there and, uh, you know, just doing what I do. Do you guys still got the lake place, the investments, like in that in that lakefront place and the cabins and shit? No, no, uh, no, don't. Uh, so yeah, that's a long story. The other guys uh, did a hostile takeover, and I just <laughs> let them fucking have it, and I just sat back and watched them crash and burn. And um, I didn't know a hostile that, takeover. I didn't know that that went that way. <laughs> you know what? We've had a lot of lines on this podcast. But I've never heard hostile takeover <laughs> yet. No, that's a first. That's a first. I like it. I like it. I knew we'd have some new lines though. I, I figured with this one there could be some shit go down that we've never heard before. <laughs> JD's writing that one down. <laughs> Chase, um Yeah, tell me. The uh, <laughs> future of uh, you at thirty one years old now with another another injury. You know, the last few seasons have been riddled with, with those. What keeps you what keeps you coming back? What keeps you what pushing forward after you know, probably after the fucking first or second shoulder surgery, people would have been like, Oh yeah, you know, wouldn't have second guessed it if you didn't come back riding bulls. What are you like seven or eight shoulder surgeries and now full facial reconstruction? 
fucking broke your arm, wrecked our Canadian fun by getting your arm snapped off earlier this year. And, God, I know. Shit. That was uh, good. And then a leg. So I'm sure that's what lots of people sitting at home and all over social media and whatever else are wondering, or is this one going to keep you out or is this the return and, and what keeps you fucking coming back, man? I say what keeps me coming back would have to be, I mean, the love of the game and yeah, I'm a little sore, but I mean, I, I've had five shoulder surgeries, but I, you know, I don't, I don't, I couldn't tell that I've had five shoulder surgeries. I, I mean, I have full range of motion, motion on everything I do. Um, some mornings I wake up and hurt just, you know, my hips a little bit, but, um, the real reason why I still come back is, I mean, I'm, I'm still in my prime. I know more about the, about riding bulls than I've ever known every day of it. And, um, I'm still as hard as any one of them 18 year olds. And what really keeps me coming back is I know it's been riddled with it, but, I know there's a world title still in my, my future, and since I'm out, I don't know. With this team concept, I, I you know, um, I plan on getting a world title for whichever team this Nashville Stampede that I'm uh, with. I plan on um, getting a world title with them and adding one to me and Savano, world title number five. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> and – what keeps me coming back is I'm never a fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, dude. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay, so on teams, where where what do you like better? UTB season or team season? What do you look forward to? We're two years in now on the teams. What drives Chase? Not being on the uh, Oklahoma fucking team. <laughs> I love okay. being on the Oklahoma team. I love the guys. I love Cord. I love Cody. Um, it, it, it's just. You didn't love your contract. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, and the, you know, the, the owner, I mean, really the ownership and the, 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 the management of it. I don't know. It just really didn't. Uh, we didn't G-Haul that well. Fair. That happens. Yeah. And, uh, you know, nothing against nobody, nothing personal. Just we just didn't gee all that well, and uh, um, yeah, that's that. But the team series, I, I, I it's still um, you got your during the individual season, you got your your your, and I'm not saying that it's not your real boys there that's on your teams, but in the individual season, they're helping you. What really shines is your boys and the people that you're around. What make and that's that's what makes you better is when you're around the champs and that's what makes the team season thrive. But and that's what's good about the team season is you know you got a team there that's that you're striving off of that when you can mold yourself into a team and push each other because not only yeah it it, it is still individual there in the teams because you let yourself down. And not only that, you're letting someone else down. I mean, you're you're not putting food on their on their plate as well, because uh, they're like, your teammates. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. So, so it does bring out the best and the best. I I, I can see that. 
and which is only going to make the individual season step up because it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna show some guys that never really experienced what it was like to to live on that edge, what it takes to to be that great bull rider. They'll have that that team spirit that's maybe never had that before. That's really had a group of guys that's, that they've traveled with. And being on that team can can push them through that threshold of um, of what they're really capable of, and see that oh man, you know, I'm not all just somebody else believing in me, you know, can see what that does, and that transpire over to the individual, which is going to make that better. I mean, uh, and it's bringing guys out of the works. I mean, that that never that thought they could ride at this level, and then next thing you know, they're on tour. Running in top ten on the yeah on Daniel, where did Daniel Keeping come from? Texas, like <laughs> Texas. <they're>, <laughs> no, but that's the perfect example right there. Well, I just heard that they that thirty of them just crossed uh, in Eagle Pass, Texas, coming for next year's PBR team series. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Martin Martin's going to coach that team. <laughs> Martin Wall. So, Chase, what's the locker room vibes then for the guys? I know that at the start it was a pretty mixed bag of, of yeah, this is going to be cool. Other guys, you've seen quite a few guys go to the rodeo side of things instead of uh, going to the to the regular season that maybe come in for the teams. But is it kind of a mixed bag, or is everybody kind of getting behind it now, or what's the thoughts uh, within the within the group of the guys? You being a leader of of the guys, I'm sure you got all the ends for what's going down there. Everybody's got their own different separate locker room, you know what I'm saying? But it's still um I mean, you still at the real boys they still intermingle through the locker room. I mean, go to each other's locker room, say hello, what's up, you know, still hang out with each other, joke, laugh, and uh I mean it's still it's still that camaraderie. It ain't like total, you know, fuck you, you know, when you when you're there with each other, uh but as far as, you know, some guys going rodeoing instead, uh, I don't know if you got certain people in mind, but I know that some people did, that got bad taste put in their mouth uh, on the, maybe the first year. And, uh, but the locker room's still kind of the same. I mean, it's not as great because when you're in there, it's not 30 guys surrounded around. It's only eight, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, yeah. But I tell you what, uh, I done downloaded Babbel. On there and um, trying to learn some Portuguese because I gotta know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> uh, but, but being in that locker room though, being able to put my back down beside Savano the past couple of times, you know, I just and going to stay in his house in the last couple of weeks, Fort Worth, and then just being around him. You know, I've been around him for thirteen years now, and uh, but really not. As of eight, as a eight, as a five, five person group, and being at his house, I mean, it's really Savano is somebody I strive to be like. I mean, he's a man that, um, I mean, champion in and out of the arena. I mean, Chase, all aspects. Of uh, on that note, on Silvano, how crazy is it that he didn't get drafted in the original draft? Dude, that's crazy. Well, let's. I'll ask you that question. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know why. If I don't really don't know, it ain't like. I mean, he's he was three time world champion 
I mean, he made the organization change rules so he couldn't win and he still won. I mean, he was the bad – I mean, gosh, dog. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's a bad cat. But you you said it. I've got to work with him, and we've had him up to Canada. And uh, he is a true professional in and out of the arena. Like, just solid, solid person, you know, really good human being. And I, that's what I, I enjoyed being. I was in my locker, I in my bag beside him and really – Gained a lot of a lot of knowledge in this that short time that I've been around him, and uh, you know, it's that one on one, and uh, and that's another aspect I see see of the team that can help. You know, sort of what I'm talking about. Uh, they're um, just being able to experience that, and and what I experienced from Cody Lowe's show and Core just being that one on one with them, and the experience they've had with the whole sport and everything I've learned. Uh, what I've learned just in the past two years of teams has been, you know, tenfolds of what I've learned in the individual season, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's pretty cool to hear. Yeah. I was talking about it a lot with the young guys too, right? That's exactly right. Those new, like, say you when you were 18 years old, probably could have used a little bit of guidance. <laughs> Do you imagine how much better <laughs> it probably would have been when if you got on tour and you got sent to a team and you had somebody like, taking care of you and looking out for you at that age, right? Where, you, you know, you wear yes, a guy at 25. Yeah, exactly right. Ain't no dumb. Pretty sure shit wouldn't have the stories, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have done it any other way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I figured it out. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, some guys never figured it out, and I figured it out when I was about, you know, 25. And uh, there we was, and here we are. No shit. Yeah. We're still kicking, buddy. We're still alive. That's right. The the locker room vibes, I mean, there might be some animosity between teams, especially in the off season when there's fist fights behind the bucket shoots. So <laughs> <laughs> you gotta tell us the viral story. We've talked about it a million times on this podcast. I'm sure you've had it down a million times, yeah. but the JW Hart fight, come on, buddy, fucking, you got to tell the story and and, uh, and how you guys are now and all that, but give us the, the inside scoop of the the infamous Chase Outlaw, JW Hart, flying off the back shoots, going down toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Well, yeah, I guess you don't hear it from the source here, I guess, uh, but y'all yeah. talked about a bunch, it's been a... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Was at Springdale, obviously, uh, Arkansas, and it was bull in there, and it was at nine. He was back there, and he had gave me his phone, like, right before this, because he went up there and started working the slide, and I was just sitting there watching, and he handed me his phone in his hand, and came in. Then, then, you know, as you can see, that's when the video started. He, things got escalated with uh, Ed nine. I was like, hey. He's the one putting his rope on this bull, and then he just looked at me, and um, he said, like, oh, I'll let go. And I didn't realize I had his phone in my hand mm -hmm. or his phone in my hand. And he tried to snatch my fo his phone out of my hand, and I just said, hey, don't don't snatch nothing out of my hand. And he called me a choice word, and we just – I don't know what else. And he just called you a – and then there it went from there. We tussled around off the bucket shoots. Uh, I was thinking to myself, you better tighten up. This old man going to whoop your ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, as soon as it happened, too, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, that's that was, 
that was that. And then as soon as it happened, we looked at each other, said no more fighting. We walked back to the back pins. We talked it out right there. I mean, not 32 seconds after the fight happened, we went to the back. We straightened our cowboy hats out. And uh, we squashed it, shook hands, gave each other a hug. And uh, shoot, it made us, uh, that made us stronger and uh, closer than we were before. Because, uh, and that's just the cowboy way right there. I mean, you got got difference. You squash it right there and shake hands and uh, nothing else said about it. And I mean, it was just kind of crazy. Is was one of my childhood heroes. <laughs> yeah, no shit, dude. So, what was the? Was there any outcome? Because that was the big thing. Everybody's waiting. Like, is JW going to get kicked out for fighting? Or are you going to get suspended? All that different shit. You know, was there actually anything said within like the PBR? Or any fines or any actual thing that went on? Or they just knew that you guys squashed it? I believe we we both got fined, and but uh, you know, I've heard that there was talk of him being suspended. You know, I called him. I was like, hey. Y'all can't do what your daggone slogan says. Be cowboy. That's what we were doing. We squashed <laughs> it right there. Nothing else needs to happen. Uh, not trying to get him, you know, we're not trying to, I'm not trying to get him fine, kicked out, you know, and uh, mess with man's livelihood, take care of his family. I said, we uh, we settled what we had to be settled right there. So that, that should just be that. I mean, if the public has to know, let them know that we, uh, that we got, you know, why not? Whatever, just to make it look good. But we, we're cowboys, and that's what uh, that's what we did right there. And, but well, we both got a little bit of a fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right, then. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, uh, that's that's the hardest thing, I guess, with the lifestyle now is like it's still fairly old school, and and I like that a lot. And you're the same way, Chase. And you fight, or you fight your friends, or you have a good time and roll on. But now it's it's you know in the public eye so much in social media. And all the other aspects of it. Uh, it's not really made for guys like you and me. It definitely not made for some of the guys that I was getting to hang out with last weekend that were the Bad Company 80s crew. There's a lot of guys who wouldn't have made her through the, through the lifestyle. But is that a total different aspect now where you're trying to watch your back all the time? If somebody's, you know, even going to the bar or whatever, you're just doing normal shit, but somebody's got a video of you. And and is it something that is a big aspect of, of your guys now, like, the, the team guys and uh, people within the PBR riders and all that stuff, always trying to make sure that you're doing the right thing and, and have a lot of eyes on you at all times, knowing that. Yeah, it is. Um, that's big now. That's just step up. I mean, it's, um, gotta, yeah, I mean, you have to be professional. I mean, it really, and uh, really watch yourself and, really with that, because there's always, my dad was always, my dad, since I was a kid, he said, "Son's always somebody's always watching you," yeah. and that's true, definitely today. And somebody's always able to get a video of you. And uh, but yeah, exactly like what you're saying. The last of it, uh, really, we've been talking about it too. And um, me and Justin and Sabano was talking about it the other day. And really, in five, give it ten years. There'll be no more real fucking cowboys riding bulls in the PBR. You get what I know what I mean? Yeah. There'll be no more real fucking cowboys. Well, that's why that, Chase. Honestly, uh, we we Tanner and I had a conversation with uh, the Monster Team last week, and 
you know, you know, the kind of guys they want to be around and sponsor, they're going to run out of athletes in the PBR in five years that they want to hook their hat on. And, um, that, and that's one of the reasons that still keeps me going too is to, to keep bringing that level of, uh, I don't know. We got a bunch of smoking, drinking little buggers up here, Chase. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We really do. We really do. I kind of noticed that the last season. I'm like, wow, where did all these little JBs come from? You know? Yeah, but if you want to act like fucking JB or you want to act like Chase, you got to be able to back it the fuck up, True. too, and stay your ass on and be tough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's different aspects yeah. of it that he's talking about with the actual cowboy yeah. side of things. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's one reason that keeps me um, that keeps me striving is to you know show these cats really. Uh, you gotta have that fucking dog. I mean, yeah, you can be a good athlete. You can be a fucking good athlete. But I mean, fuck riding fucking bulls. We ain't. I ain't talk. I ain't gonna get in that. I'll take yourself away from other sports. But we're riding. I mean. Gotta have that fucking oh, just like um UFC fighters, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're willing, they're quitting, uh, that's that's gonna be that's really what a cowboy is and uh when the road gets tough because truly I mean from the time a bull hits the ground until he's bucking at the highest level in the PBR, like where top of top level a bull could get four years, three years to four years, and that bull is bucking at the highest level. From the time a cowboy hits the ground, it's 18 years before he can ride, before he ever gets first shot at riding at a, in the top level. I mean, uh, so we got to do something about that because the bulls, are, bulls ain't getting no wager, and we got to do something so we got more fucking cowboys. Yeah, I, I'll second that. I'm on that side I, of the fence where we need guys, yeah. you know. We really yeah. do. Chase, what, what made you uh... – Take your helmet off after the nub-headed muley fucking in Calgary made you put it back on, and then you took it back <laughs> off again. Shit, I, I like I said, I, I like fucking being a cowboy or something <laughs> about bearing the fucking hat down yeah. and sliding there and sticking that chin out of, out there amongst them and uh, taking that cowboy hat off and throwing that son of a bitch after you ride is, uh, I don't know, it just... Uh, <laughs> It always got you that little extra knowing that, that son of a that, bitch that, that you didn't have. You didn't have that there to. Uh, so it always made you put up that little bit extra effort. I thought, uh, you know, just have well, one we're day. seeing it. We're seeing it with Ty uh, Hamilton had the best year. Um, I, I just read something here the other day. I, you know what? And I never really asked Kai anything about it. Um, he bucked off his first four, come off a good NFR. And uh, I think he said, I think I read he bucked off his first four, Denver, and then into Houston or San Antonio, did shitty. And then he asked JB to come hang out for a week. And JB, after hanging out with JB for a week, he he put the helmet back in the bag and, and he's been uh, going cowboy ever since. And, you know, quarter million dollars on the year, I think he has so far, 240 or something. So, Maybe there's something to it. I don't know what uh, his mom mom say a, about it's it. A, it's a, it's definitely a, a Yeah, it's definitely psychological. And that's like Chase is saying. It's like a catch twenty two because it could go the other way and you just get whipped down, hit in the face, or it can give you that edge, which we all 
we're all looking for we're all striving for and when you're at the highest level we all have a lot of the same skill set that that gets you there and then it's that mindset and that that little thing that can separate you is what separates the men from the boys especially when you get that level right chase does that make sense and just little things sometimes can put you to that next level and you you see it you see it with kai see it with chase and different different guys there is the danger factor of it where then you got to be able to handle the consequences too which chase can you uh can you share that story with us of uh of the the consequence of 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 the major face surgery was it would it be worse than tufts rates up there similar with tufts one of the worst ever facial breaks ever in bull rod in history that's for sure broke about everything in your face right yeah um, yeah with 30 pounds on each side lying on bed uh to tufts to mind the tufts because i mean like that was 25 years separate you know where medical science came from and came went to in 25 years I mean, so, um, not going to pray that anyway, either way, we got whooped the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, so much whooped me down. And like I said, it didn't, I guess it was so much trauma that it really, it didn't ever, it didn't hurt that bad. Um, only thing that was hurt was just really my nose right here. My nose was just blowed out right. A big old hole in my nose. Thought my nose was just crushed, smashed open. Uh, it didn't knock me out. Uh, didn't even knock my hat off. Um, I was in sports medicine, tried blowing my nose, and I knew something was wrong there. I felt like it was going to explode. Got me to the hospital. Yeah, and it was real bad. I guess that's why well, I guess, I mean, I've heard this from other people. Something that's had just so much, it was so much trauma that they never felt it because it was so much trauma. Uh, yeah. So I didn't think it was as bad as it was and shit, it, it was. And then, but like you said, you got to be able to handle the consequences and and know how to stay in the fight. And that's what separates men from the boys right there. And uh, and I've done that. I say I've done that so much mental training on the previous side. Uh, injuries before that that just uh you know had me um i was able to handle the cards that i was dealt and uh yeah then i had to come back with the helmet there's no choice uh there and how many surgeries was it how many facial surgeries did you have to go through and is there still obviously uh, you hear about it with like all serious facial injuries that's just that's the worst one i've heard of but how how all your system kind of gets fucked up like your nasal uh, your eyes, like a lot of different shit takes a long time to come back, right? What were some of the, the issues that you'd have to deal with and probably still have to deal with? Yeah, so my sinus and everything was, was messed up. Um, I haven't used nasal spray for a long time. And I just said, fuck that. I quit that shit. And better better now, but my eyes, same eye. This one, it, um, as you see, like sometimes when I get to laughing, or maybe I don't have me about a six pack or two uh <laughs> two teed up sprites. This song and it don't it don't really close all the way. And so see I'll give me I'll get to laughing and it'll stay open crazy eyes. And sometimes when I sleep, I'll be asleep and this eye will be a quarter cocked way open. And uh <laughs> but um say for instance, like if I look that if I have to look down. Right here, 
as you can see, as I'm looking down at you, I see two phones right now. I go, I'm double vision if I have to, if I have to look down. And but when I turn my head, it's like this eyeball don't look down or something. As you can see, I'm trying. This one's looking at you, but this one, and as I turn like that, they kind of straighten up. So how the fuck do you stay on a bull? Muscle keep memory. Keep right here. Keep right in the middle yeah. of the two. Right in the middle of the two, yeah, exactly. Ride the one that ain't there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get double vision when you're riding, though, or is it just, or no? Uh, no, no, I like because you keep that chest boat out, and you're really not looking. I, I don't know. It's done. It's done. I've done it so not to it because you're not doing it so long, and then you, when you side up, you cut that chin. It's just all. But the first time when I came back after. um my second facial surgery after uh, in New York City in 2019, I slid up. And when I slid up, I looked down at my hand and I said, what the fuck? And I was already, I mean, I was there. It wasn't no, uh, it, I mean, it wasn't no turning back now. <laughs> and uh, so I just went ahead and nodded and I just looked straight out on that one. And um, like, you know, he's good right there in my hand. I was just able to look up. But then, you know, it come to me, and we'll worry about that when I get done riding. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Don't turn it back now. <laughs> yeah. I'm already tied off to this motherfucker. So full full circle, though, full Cinderella story. Was it a year later that you returned to yeah. Cheyenne? Nobody thinks that you're coming back from this one. Nobody, you know, after all the stuff we've we've we named a few of the, the surgeries and different stuff that you went to, but uh, the face one was, you know, that one, well, it's almost a life ender. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's some crazy stuff. Then a year later in the exact same place, you come back full redemption and win that sucker. Walk us through that. Walk, walk us through coming back to Cheyenne. Did you have the confidence that you were going to win it? Was there something in the air? You just felt it and you're rolling, feeling good uh walk us through it man that's a crazy story and, and we'll share the video there's a there's a full video that kind of shows what you did go from 60 some broken bones in your face to the following year coming back and, and winning one of the biggest events in the world what was it like oh man it was um it was surreal actually is uh like a hollywood movie script you ask me um, <laughs> uh, yeah so i came back there that year and I just I mean it was had a chip on your shoulder. I come back and I was actually number one, number two in the world, you know, coming back after the accident, riding better than I ever have my entire just as good, if not better than any time I've ever had my whole entire career. And um so I came there especially with a little chip on my shoulder there. And um and so they have done they filmed the little video, I guess, your Corey Kelly film probably is uh we we filmed that video prior to the last Cowboy standing, prior to me winning or previous of me winning that, we did that little video of you know wreck from redemption before I ever before the event. And so Right, the big story was yeah, you returning to that event. Just returning to the event. Uh yeah. and um the first day I got on Budokan, kept the fuck out of itself. Uh, 
I mean, shook the whole damn bucket shoots. And, I mean, that knocked the fucking judge off, off the damn top rail up there. And, I mean, just yard darted the shit out of me, wadded me up. Look up. No, they didn't throw no flag. I hit the I hit the button. No re-ride. <clears throat> um, mad as shit. So, uh, oh, take take me back. No, sorry. The first day I got bucked off, and so I was mad as shit. Well, I got Drew back on because being uh, number two in the world. Then I got on Burger and hit the shit out of myself, and. Oh, I was mad. I was furious. I was like, these blind, these son of a bitches, I, I mean, shit, about knocked the motherfucker off. I get a re-ride. Well, damn, I keep skipping the part. I skipped the main, uh, the, the main fucking part. I was 93 and a half points <laughs> earlier in that. Yeah, yeah, shit. That's that, a good that, point. <laughs> yeah. All right, so yeah, I was 93 and a half coming back the second day in the long run. I was 93 and a half points. So I went to the second round. That bull hit himself, and I was mad. Well, being 93 and a half points, I still made it to the second round. So I cooled off, and I had Rising Sun. I believe I was 91 and a half, and... As that ride, as that ride, he about had me, as you see in the ride, he had me tip down over out there. And something just clicked in my mind that it ain't going to end like this. And I said, and that's when I started spurring and stepped off on my feet. Fucking hit your brother in the chest. And um, yeah, there we went. Then we made it into the fifth round. I got on coaches and. And he handed me my shit. <laughs> and he handed me my shit. I rode, I rode longer than uh, I think it was Lucas Davino on Bruiser. There was. I was the last cowboy standing at the one the event that uh, would have ended 98% of, uh, well, probably 99% of most guys' career. Well, 98% because uh, – I know, yeah, about 98% of most guys' careers. And um, to be able to come back at that level, so if Edelman came back at that level, you know what I'm saying, made the NFL yeah. efforts. I came back, you know, so I can only say that, uh, you know, that's why I say 98% because I know we're only 2% that's ever done, that, you know, came back at that level. Yeah. Um, and there it was, yeah. On the like, PBR's last. Cowboy standing at the same event that um, about wiped me out, much less wiped me off face to earth. And um, yeah, come back and uh, put my stamp and uh, put my my stamp on that and uh, put my name down in the history books as uh, one of the PBR's last Cowboy standings. I mean, it's one of the prestigious uh, yeah. events in the world in uh, professional bull riding. Fucking yeah, <laughs> Hollywood story. Well, your whole life might be a Hollywood story at some point here. Once we, uh, once we keep yeah. rocking and rolling along, but I, I do want to talk to you, Chase, a little bit about the mindset type of things. And you're a guy that's had to deal with more adversity than most any, not just inside the arena, outside the arena. The losses that you've you've had to deal with, um, and then translating that into the arena. You know, 25, 26 years old, 
you really seem to to change a lot. And I seen you change a lot over the years. And I really seen you change a lot after um, losing Ty, right? And uh, and then your mom shortly after that, while we were in Calgary. Now, as a guy dealing with loss and stuff, it it does change you as much as people don't want to admit it, whatever it might be. But it just changes your perspective, I think, on on life. I know it did for me, and it seemed to do that for you. And it it kind of made you take that next step, grow up, and and uh, really take take advantage of the situations that you were in. I would say, because I don't know if you noticed or not, but do you feel like you did change a lot in those in those years? Absolutely. Um, you know, the big thing that part of life it can either break you or build you, but um. It takes a real cowboy to say what I'm going to say, you know, and but through all that, through all that, that I've had the struggles with, um, you know, as far as uh, the loss of time, um, uh, my daughter, addiction, everything, um, I wouldn't have made it if I wouldn't have had a good fucking woman by my side and my wife, Nicole. And uh, so that's, that's really uh, what, but you know, it's uh, it, it's helped me get through the darkest times and uh, keep on keeping on. Is uh, you know, I might be fucking tough, but imagine how fucking tough my wife is to to, to a, be with a, me and uh, to. That's suffer. a solid point. And that's one thing that I, I preach on, that I preach on these young cats too is, man, you gotta have your fucking woman, somebody that's gonna be there, not just uh. Not just when the cameras are rolling and when the, when the when, when you're winning, hot. yeah, when you're fucking winning, um, yeah, somebody's there that that's there for the long haul, and uh, that, that's that's that, that's what makes uh two champions as well. It ain't just the damn, it ain't just them what them keeping their hands shut. It, it's uh it's the things at home and uh, you know that. That really what makes them keep their hands shut. So uh, it's it's so without a without that strong base, who's um who's saying I, I really didn't start straightening up till after I met my wife. So that really um no. So I, I really that's a, that's a strong and that takes fuck cowboy to say that that it was damn. That it's not only you, it's, it's woman and and just having faith in God that I know that He is. That his plan ain't done with me, and he wouldn't he wouldn't put more on you than you couldn't handle. And if you believe that, then then you'll be fine. Well, me and Scott, we've talked about that too. Like, get fucked up and do dumb shit, and your wife's <laughs> giving you shit. And you're in a lot of trouble <laughs> over it, and it's like, well, yeah. But if we didn't have that, and I know you're the same way, and we've seen a lot of our friends chase that didn't have that, and this life is. You know, it's bull riding and it's cowboy and it's changed a lot now to a lot of athleticism and whatnot. But and Scott, Jace, you can attest to it. It's a it's a big party a lot of the time and a lot of the outside stuff, no matter what, there's always something going on. Every city that we go to, it's the biggest party of the year. It's full on rock and roll most of the times. And and I can say it and I know that probably Scott and Jason can too, and Chase, you just said it too. Oh, yeah. Without the fucking backing systems of yeah our wives and and you know families and you know then you having kids and and all the other aspects of it uh yeah there's there's no way i don't think any four of us on here would probably be doing what we're doing 
without uh, the systems that we have in place. Maybe one yeah. or two of us more than others. Nah. <laughs> I've heard about you in the 80s. 90s. Get it, 90s. Straight. it was the 90s. Yeah. Well, there's no hair. There's not a. There's not a full halo over your head, Jason. Come on. Fuck no. Fuck. <laughs> I ain't much hair either. <laughs> no, that's pretty cool of you to say though, Chase. That's you know, that's a that's a very good point. Cause you know, like you say, you brought up your daughter and addiction and all sorts of stuff on it. And it was what I was wondering too. It's like, and I think you kind of answered it with with uh your your God comment, but like you know, a lot of people would expect you just to have a sour attitude and uh, why me and, you know, world's fucking upside down, which a lot of people get into, right? And they can't get out of it. Um, and you have had every excuse to 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 be that kind of person, but that's just definitely not in your DNA. Well, I'm saying that you don't have your down times and it ain't, uh, it ain't just, oh, you know, sunshines and rainbows every fucking day. I mean, you know, it's definitely... Um, it's hard, you know, some days harder than others, and uh, but uh, yeah, to um, if you just look around, there's somebody, I mean, you get to feel sorry about yourself, but you look around, it's always somebody's got it way harder, mm-hmm. yeah, way harder than you do. So, I mean, so sometimes you do get to feel sorry about yourself, and and, and uh, fuck you, it's it's so you got. Your wife, your family, good support system. And so it ain't all just you. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, in the words of our good friend Brett Gardner, chase the good. Chase the good, fellas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> chase the fucking good. Well, uh, more of an upbeat uh, chat that I want to talk to you about, Chase. Is yeah, yeah, let's get on it. <laughs> do you remember at the Calgary Stampede when we decided to play beer pong for about two weeks straight and then uh, – we were in pool A. <laughs> we were in pool A. Posse was in pool B. Uh, he stayed. He tried to stay fucking like sober and really, you know, getting ready for his pool B while we were riding. And then when we finished our pool, well, we just got after it. Me and Chase started having fun. Well, Trent couldn't hold back. He he was behaving all through his pool. And then as soon as his started, he just fucking went off the rails, and we started having a good time. We play beer pong, but what sticks out to me, we want a bunch of money playing beer pong, me and you too. We started in Pinocchio. started in Pinocchio, actually. But when we decided to wear our Budweiser cowboy hats <laughs> and drive that fucking truck right through the tunnels of Calgary, not stopping for any security, uh, getting out behind the chutes and going to help tie on right behind the bucket suits with our Budweiser hats on. <laughs> you guys drove through there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we said, hey, we got for right for the bull riding. And uh they said, Oh, come on, right this way, and we parked right there behind right there beside the beer gardens, like right there beside the little gate you walk in. And, Whose vehicle? Uh, Whose vehicle? Jesus. It's my truck. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh. we we up on the back of bike sheets. We had short sleeve button ups and uh they come and get us and they're like, Man, y'all can't be up here and they like Y'all can be up here just, we got some long sleeve shirts in the back here. Y'all get your long sleeve shirt on. We're like, oh, man, we didn't even realize we had short sleeves on. And, uh, <laughs> so we, they, they didn't care about our hats. They said, yeah, yeah. other than that, you're in full uh, Western attire. And they were going to supply us with the long sleeve shirts. <laughs> well, you guys already had your hats. You didn't get one of those white hats with the red band? <laughs> no. no, no, no. I mean, they, but who did we beat? We won a bunch of money playing beer pong, too. 
We beat yeah, everybody. Everybody but us. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we yeah, because we was there on grounds, uh, right there on the other side of the on the other side of the river and the the campgrounds. Y'all had y'all's trailer there, camper. I had my camper there. Yeah. Um, yeah, the few weeks. So I mean a lot of fun. I think it was J B. I think J B and LJ we took. Oh yeah. JB, LJ, uh, Sundale, I mean, uh, but really JB a lot because, you know, he can't stand losing. Yeah, and kept catching up. I think we ran out of beers, so we were just playing fireball pong. That's what really got us. At the end. <laughs> oh, God. That's terrible. Put him right up there with the rest of them. <laughs> right there with the rest of them. Oh fuck, that was funny. Happy time at Um We're at Zane, you know, Zayner's house ain't but you know three quarter of a mile uh, from you know straight straight shot where the crow flies from the arena at Pinoca. So we was playing yet again beer ponging all day, just and uh, we, me and Tanner, we just get frightfully just tore down. And so we wanted to make it. Posse was up in the um, performance. And so we was like, fuck, we got to get there. We couldn't drive. It was raining. <laughs> I mean, raining cats and dogs. And so me and Tanner, we borrowed some rain jackets, some fluorescent, looked like construction worker rain jacket, what uh, Tanner had on. <laughs> Look like he's working the road crew. And uh, so we, buy, we borrowed Zane and um, Stacy's. 10 speed and 8 speed Huffy Among Us. <laughs> we, and we go to the arena. We're going down. We're trying to figure out a way to get right to the right to the deal. And we come down this hill and loop under this tunnel. I guess this tunnel in the back, this big archway where people can cross. Well, me and Taylor, we come down this side of this hill. And I mean, we're Going pretty damn good. It's raining cats and dogs, and Tanner just clips this pole that's sticking out of the ground and just endos his bike. Endo one, in right after another, right in front of this woman out in the middle of the road. She has to slam on the brakes, and she gets out. And she's like, "Oh my goodness, are are, are y'all all right?" <laughs> Tanner's just wiped out mud all over him. I'm pretty sure he had blood on his face, and um, yeah, that's always a funny story to me. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> what about the time when the counties whooped my ass in Pinocchio with me and Ted Stoven? Yeah, no shit. Chase got, well, how did you know? That's how you found out you are in Canada, right? In your fight. Yeah, that's how I found out what how Canadians fight. So, uh, <laughs> we're walking back from the cabaret from uh, Pinocchio back to, or it was after the PBR that night, you know? Uh, so, it was right after the rock concert. And uh, this was probably, like two, I don't know, I don't know what year. Don't get me quoted on my years. But uh, me and Ted Sullivan walked back from the concert back to Zane's house where we're staying. And we're walking through the, that ground where all the uh, town folk come, and, you know, for the um, for the midway. They camp out there all week, you know? Yeah. And so we're walking through the deal, and Ted Sullivan's on the phone. Or these, these four big old boys, they're sitting there like, oh, look at y'all cute. Look at y'all cuties. And I just, what the fuck, motherfuckers? And and Ted's on the phone, and I just walk right over to him. I'm like, what are, you, what are y'all saying? They say, yeah, y'all two just look cute. And I'm looking at this one over here, and I just ran back and smoked this other one on the end. 
Well, about that time, I'm hitting it. I'm not well, shit, the motherfuckers ain't hitting me. Well, about that time, little I know what a jersey was. Pulled my jacket over my head, and they, boy, they wore me out. It was one of them had me by my arms, and it was one on each side of me. Just boy, they felt that parking lot full of uppercuts on my ass. And the whole time, it seemed about about 35 seconds this whooping went on. And I finally got out of my jacket, and I, when I got out of my jacket, I threw my head over. The first thing I seen was Ted over there about 30 yards away, and he's like, hey, hey, I, I got I to go. <laughs> that was me. All the phone all the time. I mean, trying to get live streamed everything cowboy. Um, <laughs> didn't help you the way. Didn't help you. Yeah. That's how you do it in Canada. Not jerseyed. And this bitch stole my cowboy hat. Yeah, they did too. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, you always had good success in Pinocchio. You like that place. Well, yeah, you liked Canada. You fucking kicked ass. You won a whole bunch of them up here. The whole country. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Posse's bull ridings? Holy fuck, we used to have fun <clears> out there. Stay there for a week too. <laughs> Remember when you turned his grandparents into international drug smugglers? Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Well, let's hear this. Oh, so Graham, Graham's and Pops, you know, we're at um, Seattle Tacoma event. And after that, we're all, you know, that about six hours from Merritt. So all the family comes down. So we all, we all been on a run. We get there. And I think we got it. We had a couple of, like maybe a week off or something. Or, and so we all go back up to Merritt with everybody. And we had all our bags in the back of uh, the truck with Lynn, Luke, and Graham, and Gramps. And Ty had a bunch of that two bull supplements feed that, you know, for his bulls. So they even pulled them in there in inspection, all deal with the feed, all this. We get home, we're at Ty's, and I was like, man, Ty, where can we find some weed at around here? And, uh, and we done went there for two days. No way, you know, I ain't didn't no he's just drinking luckies and uh <laughs> um <laughs> so I mean we finally our bags stayed on the porch for two solid days. Like we never they got unloaded out of the truck on the ties porch from his grand truck, and we didn't even touch our bags for two days. We were just drinking and just, just right. I mean, it was in the mountains and, and Canada. I mean, I was just having the time and uh, finally bring her bags in and I get my shaving kit out and we're all in the house or get open the bags and we're all like, and this smells like fucking weed in here. And we're like, what the hell? Look in the shaving kit, big old bag of weed in the shaving kit, not even tied up. <laughs> And that bag was in the back of the truck with Grams and Gramps, and they even went through the inspection. <laughs> I don't know if you said it, but yeah, we opted with Auntie and Uncles. We were in a total different vehicle. We didn't. We were. Yeah, well, we, we just sent our bags with them. <laughs> oh wow, that would have been a hell of a story. <laughs> what about with that fucking Canada goose? So Chase, like duck hunting, is okay, huge. You don't get me deported from the country, and I ain't even up there. No, it's fine. This is all a long time ago. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, statue limitations. But I remember when we were driving up, Chase. So, 
Arkansas, like duck hunting is like huge, right? And we we're going to we're finally into Canada, and like every fucking puddle has a goddamn duck in it or a goose or something. And I remember Chase just like, oh shit, he's like just fired up to see all these things, and he's like, we got to get back and we got to get one. And we're like, no, dude, like I we didn't really know much about it either. And we're like, I don't think you can. Like, I think you need a license stuff, shoot those things. Like, it's fucking highly illegal. We can't be just out there just shooting stuff. Lower Nicola, <laughs> yeah, there was fucking Canadian geese out there. And I'm like, Todd, where's fucking guns? Well, gun laws are different in Canada than they are in America. You know, everybody, everybody here in America's got 12 gauge, got dang sitting inside behind their back door. And, uh, and, um, maybe everybody so- in Arkansas. I'm not sure about everybody in America. <laughs> <laughs> south baby yeah. well ty's like yeah i got a shotgun it was it was my grandpa's i mean <laughs> old double i mean 47 inch barrel on this thing and um so i sneak down there at the edge of the river and everybody's freaking out you know well they hear me boom i come back up with that goose and they're this like freaking out they're like holy shit what the fuck they just soon rather killed a bald eagle. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, Our famous last so, one. So me and Trent went to sort a bull, and Chase asked for the gun, and Ch- Ty, you know, he was, like, excited to tell him about his grandpa's gun, but he was like, you can't go uh, get yeah, it. Yeah, he you know, He's like, don't go sport. get it. He didn't know yeah. sport. Yeah, and then that's what we heard. He snuck off. Chase snuck off. And then we hear bang, bang, and I'm like, no way. Seriously, <laughs> here he comes with a fucking goose <laughs> slug over his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Ty and Luke lost their shit. They're like, oh, fuck. They made me go bury this duck. After we skinned it, they made me go bury the remains so they didn't want no feathers flying around for the neighbors to see. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> hey, but I cooked that son of a bitch up. Yeah, I cooked did. that son of a bitch. And uh, it was, was it good, good? Now, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. He'd be bacon wrapped it and fucking had some, uh, what'd you put on there? Like jalapenos and all sorts of shit. Yeah, he customized it. Wrapped in bacon. I cut the strips of meat down, marinated it, and put it in the jalapeno, wrapped it in bacon. I mean. Good time. (laughs) Real real deal. Okay, Chase, what about the the beaver house? Can you tell us that one? I was was with you guys, and then we all got invited. I was going to Maui the next day, and me and Megan flew out and left. But you guys all went to Beavers, did you not, in L.A.? Yeah, we went to uh, uh, Beaver's house in um, in uh, the hills there at, at his glass mansion. It was uh, Mick Mills' uh, Grammy's after party. Yeah, we um, we had to connect there with Monster. You know, it's all team Monster, and he's like, "Yeah," and Mick Mills a Monster guy. So our agent Sean Weesey was like, "Hey, uh, I got this connected. If this Grammy's after party, y'all want to go?" And we're like, "Fuck yeah!" I mean. I'm from Milo. I'm from Hamburg, Arkansas. It's that <laughs> Um And yeah, I remember we got there. The the so the driver that we had drive us there. He thought that like he pulled right up to this son of a bitch. I mean, there's thousands of fucking people at this place trying to get in through the gates, and this son of a bitch just laying on the horse, parts the Red Sea with people, and gets out, and he's like, "I got the fucking bull riders. Where do, where do they need to go?" And everybody's like. People are like, bunch of bull riders? What? <laughs> and uh, we get out. We're waiting at the front gate. And 
we hear a megaphone, I mean, I guarantee there's 10,000 people from down the street up to this gate trying to get through the gates into his uh, place. And uh, Miss Bullhorn goes, if you ain't got a cowboy hat on or a good looking bitch, it said, get the fuck out of the way and let them by. <laughs> and look, we look, we're the only ones with cowboy hats. And uh, so we're walking up through there. Everybody's like, who the fuck are these motherfuckers? <laughs> and uh, we get up in there and shit, it's, it's, and motherfuckers, they, they got, they got, they got, they got granted uh, grace with our appearance there. And, uh, you know, it was uh, just as much lucky for us, it was lucky for them, everybody that was there. So uh, we get in there and everybody's just sitting there like, you know, looking around, I mean, and I said, fuck this. I said, you know what we're going to get? I said, I'm going to meet some motherfuckers. Yeah. And uh, so we went around and, yeah, we was – in the hills of Hollywood, from kicking bovine to four hours later, we're in the hills of Hollywood at Justin Bieber's house. I mean, and I was just, shit, I was 20 years old, yeah. 21 maybe. Pretty damn fucking sweet. <laughs> as sweet, as sweet as when you got to smoke a joint with Afro, man, or not that sweet? No, when I smoked a joint with Afro, man, that was pretty good. And it was my joint. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was in the parking lot of Playboy TV. Yeah, me and Reese had a deal with uh, had a deal doing PR for the Anaheim event. Same event, actually. I think it could have been possibly maybe same year. Uh, you know, don't quote me on my years. Uh, you know, just know what happened. Uh, we was up during the deal. Then I seen he was in there. And I was like, fucking Afro man. <laughs> so. I asked his PR woman, I, and he was on right after us, and he goes in right after. And uh, this, so I was asking his PR woman, I said, you think he's going to smoke a joint? And uh, she said, well, I'm sure. And I said, hey, at least even my joint. It'd be my honor. And uh, so there we were. He comes out. We're smoking a joint in the parking lot. We're telling him what we do. You know, we're exchanging, you know, what we do and everything and showing him videos. And uh, he said, well, how'd y'all do last night? And uh, he's hitting the joint. He said, how'd y'all do last night? Me and Reese both said, uh, man, we both got bucked off last night. And um, he goes, la, na, da, da, da. <laughs> I swear to God, could have been no more perfect. Uh, and um, and uh, that's... That's the Afro Man story. I love it. Uh, outside of the arena, is there... Uh, you know, we went through quite a few of them. Um well, just tons of fun times, as you, as everybody that's listening could imagine. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Those are ones that will tell on you. Being from Arkansas, growing up, then hitting it to Australia, New York, L.A., living the life, right? Is there is there a moment that stands out for you over the years that, that rises above it? Or if there's one thing that you can look back on, is there a moment um, or a cool story that you can think of that we haven't told yet that stands out to you? I'm putting you on the uh, spot. Can't tell that one. <laughs> uh, but we went to Malibu. Remember me, you, and Douglas and Stormy? Fuck, that was fun. Hung out in Malibu for the week, then into Oakland. But, <laughs> but uh, Shane Triller's house. Yeah, oh, Triller. I tell you what was. Uh, I tell you what was a good one. All right, this, this was. And this, I think, was you with us when we went to Havasu? No, no. Oh, okay. All right, that was a good one. Uh, it was like 2000. <laughs> 
12, 13. So this is how big a gypsies, you know, bull riders are and uh, whatnot. And uh, we leave the Albuquerque or Glendale event at one. Uh, Glendale. We leave Glendale event. Well, I sponsored by Rockstar at the time. Uh, Rockstar was a deal with PBR with the, the freestyle metal militia riders were there doing the act. Yeah. Uh, doing it doing the show. And so there was Trittler and whatnot. We all said, hell. They said, I want to go with us. We got a show in Lake Havasu, Arizona this week. And um, we're doing a deal there. It's spring break, and we're doing a deal there. Albuquerque next weekend. It's like, hell, that, that's on the way. Uh, not really, it wasn't. Uh, but <laughs> we all loaded up in the RV with the Rockstar, or yeah, the Rockstar Metal Militia Riders. Party like Rockstars. Uh, Full week, and let me tell you, Lake Havasu, Arizona, if people have never heard of it. On spring break. I guess yeah, I guess it's like the South has like Panama City for spring break. And uh and I guess out there the West Coast has Lake Havasu. Wow. Did shit ain't it, I mean, seen shit I ain't never seen for in my life out there. And uh, you know, I mean we're with the metal militia riders, so I mean we was VIP everywhere we went. And uh, anyway, so it comes time to leave. Everybody, like, you know, everybody. I mean, it is whoa. It's like we lost Joy out there for three days. We lost Joy for three days and didn't didn't see him for three days. And, uh, and how we found him was at a bonfire late one night, and somebody that we met throughout the week was like, "Hey, ain't that y'all's friend over there?" Joy Marcus, said, we talking about? Yeah, Joy Marcus. Yeah, and he's standing over there by himself, just fist bumping. Don't <laughs> cut his, don't cut his blue jeans off in his shorts. Uh, and uh, so that's how we found Joy. And this was the night before we was gonna have to leave. So we still ain't thought about how we're getting back. Wake up next morning, we're just like, fuck. Yeah, now that uh, most people are like, so we're we're gonna be leaving this evening, and uh, we're headed back to California, and um. How y'all gonna get to where y'all gotta go? We're like, shit, we don't fucking know. <laughs> no rental cars available. It was no, no rental cars available. And there was like nine of it. So it was me, Stormy, Dirt, Douglas, Skeeter, King Solver, uh, Jory Marcus. I think Lance Zane Lambert was with us. Um, Oh, who else was it? Uh, there, was, there was a couple more. And, uh, uh, no rental car. Oh, Austin Whitmore. Yeah. And he had he had one little car there. He had a little convertible car. Said only like uh, four, three people, including him, could ride in. And he's like, well, I'll go to the event this thing I get for. So we had to rent a damn U-Haul bu- uh, box van, U-Haul, single cab. And <laughs> so all the gear bags in there, three guys got in the front, and then the rest of the guys had to get in the box van. <laughs> I went through the desert of fucking Arizona and New Mexico. Oh. You're talking about how hot it was in that box van. We all had to take turns. Uh, know how hot a, it was. Uh, that after a week in Havasu, it'd be really hot. It smelled I, good. Oh, hey, hey, but exactly what we needed to get back to the bull ride to sweat all that toxins out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no it. Like you planned it. <laughs> Okay, Chase. Well, we'll get wrapping her up. I've held you for a long time, but um, I got uh, I want we got to do this again. You know, we've talked, Chase. This will be a, a definitely a two part one. 
due to the fact that we didn't even yeah. go into your into your youth and i want to go back to the to the old days and the wagon races and you living by yourself to go play football and <laughs> your all your cool shit that you've done your whole career but usually what happens when we get together <laughs> is just try to tell the stories of of the good days which we had a lot of fun man and it's not done yet dude that's like jason's talking coming up to canada and all that stuff you're gonna do that this year um obviously that's a good you know the question that a lot of people are asking which i've already asked you this one's not going to keep you out not going to hold you down you're going to come back from this one and, and uh come back right the the career is definitely not not uh not done for chase Allah. no no definitely not done for chase Allah. and uh might not um you know it, it might not be this individual season you know because i'll be coming back you know i think it might be march so i might hold myself off but uh no i'm not i'm no, the uh, career's not done for Chase Outlaw as far as uh, uh, putting his hand in the bullroom. So, Chase, you, you've got, you've become this veteran guy now, right? And uh, when I was around there, we were, I don't know, I was, I was done at like 27 years old, right, in, in that locker room. And, you know, we were definitely, we're starting to become the veterans, but we definitely weren't the old guys for sure. You're the veteran in the room now, and it seems like you are like, the leader and you you've stepped into the that role of being vocal and and you know trying to take care of the guys and and really mentor guys is that something that that you strive for or is that just kind of the natural process of of becoming a veteran in the room for a guy like you that's what you know that's what I strive for but also that's just that's as part of being in that role being a veteran being that is uh is uh if you if you don't pass along what you know and uh i mean then what good are you really? I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that's that's really uh, where I stand on that because, I, I mean, this is what's so important to me and what I see, and I know all the struggles I have with it and uh, with everything. And uh, that this, uh, I mean, it, I mean, this life, it, it, it's got the highest of the highs that, that somebody could ever ask for. But it's also got the lowest of the lows that somebody could ever ask for too. And, uh as far as what it takes to, to be here, to get here. And uh, and if you can't pass along that to help the next generation out, then, then I mean, you ain't, you ain't worth shit. Just like what old damn he said, if you can't pass along what you know to help the next generation, you ain't no fucking cowboy. Ain't <laughs> no cowboy. Yeah, I like it. Well, that's a good way to fucking wrap her up, buddy. We appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. Like I say, we'll do this again. I got papers and papers and more stuff, and we got quite a few more stories that just keep coming, popping to my head, but I don't want to get into them because we're going to save them for another day. <laughs> we'll sit and think of some more hey. good ones. <laughs> yeah, because I, I'm sorry it took so long for me to do this, but you don't know how, how great of a time this was. I mean, it's just, it was... It was awesome just to tell these stories, and um, yeah, it was awesome, and I look forward to a part two. So, Chase, our infamous question that we ask everybody on the show, give me what hashtag NFP means to Chase Outlaw. What does NFP mean to me? It means not giving up when the going gets hard and taking the easy route out because um, the road, uh, the road less traveled usually, usually uh, brings usually comes to uh, usually comes to greener pastures than um, than that road taken uh, so frequently because you know, all that pasture land usually done ate down by the time you get there. So you take that road less traveled, it's gonna um, it'll bring you to a place you never thought you could be at, and uh, 
that's what that's what no fucking pussies mean is uh, not quitting when the going gets hard, and not just quitting and throwing in the towel. Like uh, get back up and ask ask for more, and because uh, you can handle it, and not necessarily ask for more, but you know just. You know, say it. What else do you have? Because I mean, you can't break me yet, and uh, that's what uh, that's what no fucking pussy makes, and that's what um, that's what my dad was, or that's what my daddy is, that's what my grandpa was, that's what my great grandpa was, and uh, everyone before that, no fucking pussy, and that's, <laughs> that's basically uh, that's what that means. I do appreciate everything that that you did, and and uh, it's fun to make a friend. For life, I'm from Northern Canada. You're from Arkansas, and and uh, we get to be buddies for life. So, no, appreciate That's you, brother. Right. That's right. What the sport of bull riding has uh has done for us, uh, we the people we meet through this is uh is to become more family than uh, what a lot of our family is, and uh, and it's just awesome. Like you said, yes, uh, God, without if Ty wouldn't have been my if me and Ty wouldn't have been friends, I wouldn't have introduced me to y'all's home. Country and people. I mean, I never, I never didn't think about coming to Canada. So I just say I, I thank y'all, the whole country of Canada, for always welcoming and uh, I've always felt right at home. And whether y'all are from way up there, but whether y'all like to admit it or not, the reason we get along so well because y'all redneck as fuck too. <laughs> love it, love it. So I love uh, you. Tell your family I said hello and. Uh, Love you, buddy. Yeah, you too. Love you, brother. This has been our interview with Chase Outlaw. I'm a motherfucking bulldog. Killer. Mossberg. Killer. King of the drop. There never be much. Killer. Top medical grade. So, baby. Chivalry sitting up like brave. Dig a roll over your massage. And I rock. Man, I'm a fast starter. To handle some brown. And a half a gallon of firewater. Set up police. They can keep knocking. We doing illegal shit. Go to the window, bitch. Get mine, you get yours and I'll get mine, you get yours.